Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support anytime you don't have to hide how you feel hi did you know that you can watch last podcast on the left and side stories on our patreon right now yes that's patreon.com slash last podcast on the left but over on tiktok you can see the hottest tightest funniest clips from the show right there it's tiktok tiktok it's at lp on the left it's the same as our instagram you already follow the instagram why don't you go follow tiktok but it's on tiktok yeah because seeing is believing yep so just go check it out watch it go send our podcast to china i love tiktok the crocodile it's my favorite tiktok it's the only one he knows There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? You know you got a hernia when your belly grows a tail. You gotta make that tail go back and forth so everybody knows you're well. You got your hernia, little bump. You gotta push inside your gut. And then everybody knows you got one extra lump for the sluts. (laughs) Welcome to Last Podcast on the Left, ladies and gentlemen. That was entirely improvised tune. (laughs) No way. Henry Zabrowski, he he didn't work. I mean, you might think he spent all night working on that. A lot of people come at me and ask me all the time, where does it come from? How do you do it? And it's, I have six writers and each day we sit and we, you know, we hash back and forth and just that alone went through about three weeks of work. That's nice. I'm I'm Marcus Parks and I'm here with Ed Larson. Hello. And today we're going to, this is a relaxed fit. This This is is a a relaxed fit. This is a relaxed fit. Very much so. (laughs) But today we're going to be talking about a specific case. We're going to be talking about something that we've been obsessed with for a while now. The second season of the show about the subject just came out. We're going to be talking about the curious case of Natalia Grace. Yes. And I will again, I did a, I already did my apology. I said it once and I'll say it again. First off, because I was interested in the story of Natalia Grace simply from the angle that the orphan movie was real. Yeah, well, that's that was the conceit. Yes, because that I, was, because that's. I mean, to be fair, that's exactly how it was framed in the news before yes. the full documentary came out. It was framed in the news as a little person, evil orphan, an, yeah, <laughs> evil an, orphan terrorizes yeah. precious mother. Yes. I read the Daily Mail. <laughs> yes. I, 
<laughs> yeah, that was framed as an evil orphan had come to America posing as a child and had terrorized a family, had terrorized Sent a by mother. anti-Zelensky forces from inside of the Ukraine in order to destabilize <laughs> Ukrainian support from within America. Yeah, and that this person had terrorized these two people, one of whom was a mother uh, who had written a book called The Spark about raising uh, an autistic son, raising him to be a genius. Yes. Uh, and, and she did it. Yeah, and she did she it. And did that it. was her conceit that she did it. And there was all of a sudden in their life this crazy adult posing as a child that was bringing knives in their room and threatening to kill them and all that. And as and a, had purposely sprouted bush hair. Yes. <laughs> as a tactic, like a skunk well, does. You could do it. You think really hard and you press your, your hands together. You go, yeah! But none of that was true. No. Uh, As we now know, it was a child the whole time. Very much so. Very much so a child. Proof is in the pudding of that. So you love pudding. Um, The pubic hair. All right. Can we talk? It was a lie. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Yeah, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. It, Also, I've had back hair since I was 10. Yeah. So I had back hair before I had pubic hair. Really? I had chest hair before I had pubic hair. How can you tell if you have back hair before pubic hair? Because well, I couldn't see the yeah. my pubes at the time because I was fairly round. Uh. But I could tell from the back hair because my mom said, oh, good, you like your Uncle Kevin. He was viral. <laughs> she always told me back hair was a sign of virility. I guess so. Yeah, look at me now. Yep. All these children. Look at it. I, you know, I just keep late term aborting them. So uh, should we start with maybe going through the characters? In oh, this sure. Case? Absolutely. I mean, going yeah. through all the people. So the main character here is Natalia Grace. Uh, she was born in the Ukraine uh, in 2003. We think, Ish. but we're pr- around, but definitely around 2003. The, the documents that they received from the Ukraine say that she was born in in 2003 but you know it's it's within you know let's say plus or minus a year man the footage of that ukrainian orphanage it was frightening where she came from yeah Yeah, dude it looked like an mk ultra site uh ukrainian like and russian former soviet states uh, their orphanages have an absolutely horrific reputation that's slander (laughs) (laughs) i can't fucking even what no these places are are absolute they're horror shows they're and they've been horror shows uh forever you know and they're they're basically a lot of them are set up to drain as much money from america as they possibly can i think there's other ways to do that start a proxy war (laughs) (laughs) and the ukraine like we all you know we all have a soft spot for them now of course back in 2003 incredibly corrupt yeah there's a lot going on. It's like it's a, it's a hard area to be in, especially it seems as a child in yeah. a in a their version of the uh, the system, like the, the the foster system, because Natalia Grace, the, the stories that she talks about within that Ukrainian orphanage, like the idea that they so in order to get all the kids in the Ukraine in that orphanage to go to sleep at night, they had a man. You remember this mm-hmm. dress up in a goblin mask. And a suit. This is what she, according to Natalia Grace, and I actually kind of tracks that he would chase them to sleep, <laughs> which is like, it doesn't make a good attitude. Like, can you be haunted to sleep each night? And either you either because you either become Angelina Jolie uh-huh. 
slap or Wednesday Adams, but real. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I guess that's kind of what ended up kind of happening to Talia Grace. But I don't know about her memories because she came to the United States at a very young age. She yes. was two or three when she came to the United States. Uh, and she was adopted by this family called the Ciccone. Yes, the Ciccone family, yeah. which also goes then she was named Natalia Lord Ciccone, which is Madonna's child's name as well. well that's, yeah, Madonna's that's all, the Ciccone's. Yeah, Madonna's real last name is Ciccone. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, Madonna Ciccone. I don't know if Madonna is her actual real first name, but her last name is Ciccone. I would imagine Madonna's not her real name. It might yeah. be like Lauren. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that kid might be. But the Ciccone's had her for two years. And, you know, Natalia Grace, she was born. That with, is her real name, Sir Wiggle. Yeah, that is a real yeah. Uh, but uh, she was born with a uh, a rare form of dwarfism, so she requires a lot of medical attention. A lot, know, a lot of medical attention. It's a very expensive child to have. Yeah. Uh, and so the Chaconis specialty shoes. A spe- you need to have stuff set up in your house so they can reach things. You a lot have to, of like, surgeries. A lot of surgery, surgery constantly. Yeah. Yes. Thirty two hundred people have this in the, in the world. They said. Yeah. Damn. It's very very rare. Um. But what the Chaconis did is that they started basically shopping her around, shopping Natalia around to other little people families. Yeah, well, because the idea of, like, maybe the people that understand the syndrome or like what the, the the what she deals with like would probably help to have a couple to having having an actual dwarf family raise you because they know what to look for and they know how to help yes but it also came with a price tag it seems and it always the 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 Chaconis are a very mysterious people in this story because nobody has ever actually talked to them uh they're very secretive they're very reclusive they're very litigious yeah they don't want to be involved in the story which i i mean it's hard because they did what they felt was right mm-hmm. by natalia and you know i don't know what else you're supposed to do about that but they af- knew they couldn't properly take care of her you would think you would think yeah, yeah. but eventually after passing over like two different um little people couples the Chaconis settled on Michael and Christine Barnett. Now, Michael Barnett, how would you describe Michael Barnett? He is a weenie. Is a weenie? <laughs> he is one of the... We've, I talked about this on Side Stories, and he obviously, uh, he makes for good television. He does. Uh, if you look, if you watch the actual series... Animated. Animated. Yeah. But yeah. Michael Barnett is a an absolute... Weasel, yeah. I would put him towards. Uh, he's like an evil pain butler to Christina <laughs> Barnett. To Christine yeah. Barnett, he was a uh, very strange man. Uh, flair for the dramatic, very much so. Is a uh, he's obsessed with himself. Loves Alice in Chains. Mm-hmm. That's Narciss- that, that's one of the best parts about him. Yeah. <laughs> Loved his little car. He pulls up in his little car. Loves has fr- a convertible of some sort. Absolutely, mm-hmm. he's fr- there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> and then uh, he definitely looks like Fred Durst. Now on tour, because <laughs> you see how Fred Durst is doing the old man thing. Uh-huh. Uh, but he is a shameless fame goblin. Yeah, that yeah. is now the center. He centered himself into the story. 
He's a narcissist, first of all. I mean, he's yeah. absolutely a narcissist. Absolutely. And possibly on the spectrum. Horribly dressed. Always. And throughout the show, I watched uh, seven episodes in the course of like 10 hours. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm like half broken right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, 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 but it's like, it seemed like he slowly got worse dressed throughout. I know he has less money yeah. as time goes on. He was never dressed well. You like no. the first interview, that tie, come on, kill him. Yeah. I think that he's supposed to be, he's looking relatable. I think that's what he's doing. I think he's trying to show, but like, my guy, my regular guy. When he did the act out of the first, when he was in that first season, when he's on the ground, I mean, like, Punching I can't say ground. anything. Yeah, I'm, I'm like that. Right. Right. That's how I speak. Yes. So a lot of times I'm watching him being like, that's quite the storyteller right there. And I know it's because I'm watching. It's like how I use my hands. Histrionic yeah. is He's the way that I would absolutely describe this man. Yeah. Uh, and so Michael Barnett is married to Christine Barnett. And Christine Barnett is uh, 100%. I mean, from what I can tell from the documentary series from, you know, and from what she said and blah, 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 so on and so forth. Sociopath. I'm an yeah. absolute sociopathic personality. She is a handful. <laughs> that is for certain. Uh, also, in terms of just look, that ice blonde, mm. like she's got the thing. She looks like kind of otherworldly. She looks like what's her name from the Golden Compass? Oh, okay. Kate Blanchett, uh -huh. kind of like that style, like with the like Ice Queen, whatever it is. Uh, or uh, was it from X-Men? Oh, uh, Emma Frost? Yes. Yeah, she kind of looks like Emma Frost. That's that a, a, a dime store Emma Frost. Sure. I got like Brett Butler if she was a robot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Regret Butler. Yeah, no, we have Emma Frost yeah. at home. That's who she is. Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> but she wrote this book, The Spark, because she there they have these other their other son, their biological son, their biological yes. son. One of the three is yeah. a uh, yes, the one that was featured on the documentary series. He was a child prodigy that yeah. was like, you know, he broke all these records. He and gave his own TED talk. Yeah. You know, I, heard, I heard stories where, you know, he would take like popsicle sticks and toothpicks and he would build like the interstate. Like he would build like Indianapolis. He would build the interstate. Wow. He knew all the names of the streets. Like he's an absolute genius. Yes. Like an incre like incredible proven genius. And as it seems, which I've I've heard a lot about prodigies. It's like that idea of like when they try to move on past their prodigy stage, it's very detrimental to their mental health. Cuz a lot of times that accelerated intellect seems to sometimes affect a social ability, like it affects somebody bring you in, especially cuz you're they talk about with kids that get Put, put ahead in class, you know, like how like they it kind of fucks up their social network a little bit and kind of fucks them up later on. I don't know if you've met anybody and I love them, but it's like, yeah, how many times you've met someone I remember in school had went from homeschooling to came to public school. Oh, it's a tough yeah. and transition. And it's a hard transition because they come in and they're used to mom and dad being their social network or they're used to, they, and so they're kind of like, kind of act like an alien. And I feel like in that way, he suffered from that yeah. where he got to the point where like, now you're not a child anymore. Where's the adult prodigy part? And yeah. the pressure seems to make people kind of fold in a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Christine wrote a book about raising this guy. Uh, his name is Jacob. Uh, wrote a book about raising him called The Spark, uh, in which she takes a lot of credit for his genius. Yes. Uh, takes a lot of credit for basically saying if it wasn't for me and my superior uh, skills, this child would not be the genius that he is. And 
it's successful. I mean, this book was well known. There was a 60 minutes uh, segment on Jacob Barnett. I mean, these, this woman gave talks. The, the book was it sold very, very well. So this woman was uh, a known figure in, I guess, the parenting community. I don't know exactly what you'd call it. Oh, according to here, Jacob Barnett is full on getting his doctorate right now. That's incredible. Right. Yeah, he's working hard. Being being becoming a theoretical physicist sounds difficult. Yeah, Jacob Barnett also. You know, he was also abused as a child in the show. I would say he's the only likable character. A poor, I'd say so. I feel poor, but then also I feel bad for Natalia Grace because of what she went through yes. in this process of being blamed. Well, the story of Natalia Grace is, I think, completely wrapped up in this documentary series uh, because so far that there have been two seasons. The documentary aired on ID Discovery, uh, six episodes uh, each, season one, season two, uh, and the documentary itself kind of became a part of a Natalia Gray story, yes. especially how they framed it. Because I would say that this documentary series is unethical, to say the yes. very least. It's in a lot, very exploitative. Very exploitative in a lot of different ways and towards a lot of people in the case. Towards Jacob, uh, towards uh, Natalia. I am thankful that Natalia actually does get to tell her story. In the second season, she gives yeah. a rebuttal. But in the yes. first season, the documentary filmmakers kind of like they frame it as like, Maybe she's an adult. Yeah. Maybe she's not. Maybe she's a sexual predator. Maybe she's not. When they knew the entire time that she was a child. I was yes. multiple episodes in when I still thought that she might be a little demon. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but yeah. that's how they set yeah. it up. And they set it up for narrative interest. But, you know, it doesn't really serve. Like, you have to wait a whole season to find out that they knew for a fact that she was a child the entire fucking time and that's that's the big key here is that where where did it start so christine barnett they had, the barnett's adopt natalia grace yeah and she to, in 2010 they adopted her. they arrive she arrives at their home and it sounds like well, they picked her up in florida they picked her up in florida little people of america or something were the ones that like sold her kind of uh i'm not sure about that yeah okay i'm I, just I'm, I'm still piecing together the documentary here. yeah yeah, yeah, and, yeah. If we, and if we get a couple of facts wrong you know Forgive us. Sidesores L P O T L at gmail.com because we're yeah. just kind of talking about this this story. Because I will say, like, I know that there are people who feel very, very strongly about this case. And, and I'm one. And yeah. I get it. But I will all but I'm also gonna say that this case is extraordinarily messy. It's very it's messy. very complicated. Everybody's got a different story as to what happened. And that's also on top of the fact that, you know, a lot of people depend on Natalia Grace herself uh, as far as how things happen. But you also have to remember that she's working from a child's memory. Like yes. she's she's talking about things that happened to her when she was seven, eight, nine, ten she years was old. Forced to, yeah. Yes. Yeah, she five. was literally forced to become an adult. She was by the time she was nine, she was definitely forced to become an adult because the courts did it. Yeah. But yeah. then later on, like she before that, she really uh, she had a very tough life. Yeah, and and that's the other thing too is that it's also the memories of a, a person who has absolutely, without a doubt, hundred percent been sexually abused yeah. at one point in her life and thoroughly traumatized and thoroughly across tra the board. Yeah, and yeah. thoroughly and physically abused, mentally abused, it's not emotionally good. abused. Every 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 kind of abuse you could think of, she yes. went through. So Barnett's. They adopted. They adopted Natalia. She arrived. 
Our read on the situation is that we think that Christine Barnett was looking for material for her next book. Of course. You know, like, because technically that's also uh, backed up by Michael Barnett, who believes that Christine was like, had openly said this, that this was a book that she was a new content. Basically the idea of like, kid flipper. (laughs) I can get a kid in there. Any kid. Any kid. It doesn't matter. I can flip them. I can make it into, I could make them a success story. Yeah, I can can take a, a child with a very rare genetic disease uh, and with a lot of challenges and I can make them a genius because yeah. I made my other son a, my other son who has you know who has his own issues I made him a genius so I can make anybody a genius it's the big sequel yes and obviously this is conjecture but it does seem to track well, $600,000 on the first book advance right yes yeah. and so and then Lord knows how much that successful book made after that so we're talking probably a million dollars. She's looking at another meal ticket. Yeah. This is all my opinion. Yeah. This is all, yeah, these are yeah. all opinions. And it's not even counting like talks that she could give, appearances, yes. all, the, the, all the ancillary income you get from this shit. Yes. And so they, it seems that Natalia arrived. And I think, number one, her physical issues were apparent and un, like they were not prepared. No. And then she came and all of a sudden, like, because what she needed was a lot of care. She needed a lot of surgeries. She needed, again, the prosthetic shoes. I think, believe the prosthetic shoes cost like three grand. It's like this big money. And she also showed up truly desperately traumatized. Yeah. Maybe with, and and sometimes in that it kind of prefers in a way, like she showed up not ready to be the prodigy that Christine wanted her to be. Not at all. And then realized that I can't flip this kid. What do I do? I got to get rid of this kid. Yeah. And about a year before, a little movie called The Orphan had been released. Which is a great movie. (laughs) And I still wish it was real. (laughs) Because that's fun as hell. And so, like, it's... It's speculated uh, that Christine saw. (laughs) Oh, I know an orphan. Yeah, saw saw the movie and thought, we'll just do that. We'll just prove that this little girl is an actual adult. And then once we prove that she's an adult, we can just kind of get rid of her. We can push her aside. We can get her out of here. Well, they tried a couple of things. At first, it was trying to show that she was a danger. Yeah. So... Uh, she started reporting that she was attacking people in the neighborhood and that she was attacking her fellow kids and then she was attacking people at school. We now know that Natalia's teacher came out and said that Christine Barnett had made a report that Natalia was ramming kids with her wheelchair and being a uh, a wheeled terror mm-hmm. inside of her classrooms with Natalia's teacher basically said that didn't happen. Natalia's adopted mother, Christine Barnett, was like, she's a monster. We're trying to maybe get her into sort of like an asylum-like situation. Well, I mean, there were so many, you know, things leading up to that, to, to the asylum type situation where it was, you know, her, them saying that she would show up in the middle of the night at the foot of her of their bed with a knife yes. saying, yes. I'm going to kill you. They, they try to throw the, the her other kids into traffic. Yeah, yes. exactly. Like, yeah, trying to lure them out to traffic, like grabbing their toys and throwing them out in traffic, trying to lure them out into traffic. And yes. then sexually getting involved with her husband. She floated this idea that yeah. uh, Natalia was seducing Michael. Well, that was a that was a very 
interesting thing because she was also at the time she was messaging and in contact with a little person country singer named Freddie Gill. This guy's a fun character. He's a fun character. He goes by the name of Two Foot Fred. Mm -hmm. Uh, He got famous by being in the first big and rich hit the okay. first big and rich video uh save a horse ride a cowboy uh he's another indiana guy and he claims that he was in contact with christine because christine got a hold of him and said like hey i'm having troubles you know with raising a little person I- i'm having the issues i'm having challenges like maybe i can ask you for your advice and as time went on you know christine is very uh fond of sending sexually explicit images of herself to yeah, people. Yes. Yeah, She's yeah, yeah, very yeah, fond yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah. So she started she, to try to seduce him kind of. Yeah, so she started sending these sexually explicit images to Freddie Gill and then she started saying uh, I think that Natalia is sleeping with one of the neighbors. Uh, she's an adult. I think she's sleeping with one of the neighbors. Then she said like I think that Michael is sleeping with Natalia and then this woman Christine knowing full well that this is a child tried setting up Natalia with Freddie Gill. Yeah. And even started taking pictures, like putting Natalia in full adult makeup to make her look older. Yeah. Taking pictures and asking Freddie, it's like, so do you want to, do you think maybe you'd want to like spend a night with Natalia? Like there's so much weird shit. Yeah. And and that's just what we know about. This is just what we know about because Christine Barnett obviously has refused to talk about this with anybody. She has not gone on the record because probably a smart thing. Yeah, for her. Yeah. Uh, But so this starts, she's trying to ramp this up. Natalia is uh, obviously in a lot of pain. Now, Now, we keep saying we know for a fact that she's a child and how we know for a fact that she's a child is that in season two of this documentary series, they released that they had went and they had taken her to a dentist mm-hmm. yeah. to go like, cause they were trying to figure out how to age her for, so for a while, like there was a discrepancy about how old she was because they did. There was like for the, to, according to them, the, the Barnett's cause like anything that comes out of their mouth, you really can't trust unfortunately, but they basically said they all, oh, you know, the paperwork was inconclusive and like this one, this one said a different year and this other one said a different year. Uh, and so they went she to have like an older face. Not now when you look at it, this is probably a bad comparison, but when we adopted Wendy, when <laughs> Wendy came, we were told that Wendy was four. Yeah. Right. But then you realize when you look back on pictures of Wendy, she obviously was younger because now she's growing in size right? and her face grew. Mm-hmm. Right. Natalia is very much not an adult when you look at her as when they had her. Well, it it all depends. And that's the thing. That's why the fucking documentary is so shitty is yes. because the documentary purposefully chooses pictures in, you know, the lead, you know, in the first season from later on, from later on. And they purposely choose like pictures, videos that in which you could be like, OK, I could. I could see that the, 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 I, could, the, the I could confusion. See, I could see the yeah. confusion there. I can see why somebody would be, you know, uh, uh, questioning that. But then there's just one. There's one picture. Uh, like to speaking to Henry's point, there is one picture in particular in which she is smiling, and her mouth is full of baby teeth for yes. certain. So for certain, obviously, baby. Like she's missing a couple of teeth. You know, yeah. these obviously are baby teeth. And they go to the dentist, and the dentist is like, "Yeah, 
Yeah. This is a I would say she's nine years old. Yes. They believe that she would age her somewhere between eight and nine. They looked at the they literally just looked at the fact that she had baby teeth still coming in. And yeah. that and there's the proof. That's it. Technically a the dated docu- X-ray. The, the documentary series could have just ended. That was like the entire <laughs> big reveal, which yeah. is we know for a fact that they knew that she was a child and they didn't do anything about it. But then they continued to go ahead and so this is though I, I feel like also also one of the most interesting parts of this case is that we talk about all the time about magical thinking and like the power mm-hmm. of words and like all this kind of thing what happens in perception think about how magical it is that you could go into a room and a man in a cloak right with a big old scary book and a quill can look at you and go like ah you say you're nine not anymore you're 22 and legally you are. And now you are this fucking, you are this age forever. Yeah. And they can't seem to undo it. The re-aging was like, that's like the kind of like this weird, crazy sort of like very unique crime well, here's in the what center happened. of this. Well, here's what happened with that is that the Barnetts, they keep going to doctor after doctor until they finally find one that says like, oh yeah, yeah, this is probably an adult. Yeah, and because they, of they said that they tried to blame it on the pubic hair. Yeah, they said that she had yeah. pubic hair too young. Yeah, well, that was the thing that that was the story that they told was that when they adopted her in Florida, they uh, went out for a day at Disney World. You know, the whole family went out for a day at Disney World, and they took Natalia back to the hotel with the whole family. All Star Sports, most likely. Yeah, yeah. probably. <laughs> That's a good one for the kids. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They took Natalia back and the whole family back to the hotel room. You know, Christine. Like undresses her to give her a bath as you would for a six-year-old kid, and Michael Michael hears a scream from the bathroom, and and Christine Christine says, "Get in here!" And as Michael puts it, I went into the room. I just and I I went to the room and I looked out and I saw that she had pubic hair. There was for certain. Pubic hair. This is the motion. It's the, it's this. Uh, I knew that there, I've been working on my Michael. I've been trying to figure out how to play Michael. He's a difficult, he's such a, he's a very distinctive. It's, it's so hard without yeah. you seeing me because it's all the, like the, him smashing his face and him like rolling and writhing and yeah. stuff and then being like, no, 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 no. I tried. I tried. I tried. I tried. Yeah, it's he's a coward who was also a bad man. Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah, no, yes. no, he's an absolute coward because he claims that in all of this he is victim to. He claims that he was a he was fully passive and fully submissive, and that he was under the spell of Christine, just like everybody else in the family was, and he could never break free from Christine. Well, he he ramped, he closed up his story. From the first time he was talking, the first interview he did, he said everything. Yeah. He said all of the stuff that he was directly involved in, and it wasn't until later, probably after season one came in, and someone probably sent him a cease and desist from Christine, and he uh, probably had to stop talking. We well, kept song. calling her evil in the second season. I mean, she is. Well, that's that's his very dramatic nickname for her. He's like, I don't call her Christine. Her name is not Christine. I call her evil. Her name is yeah. evil. And, and when evil tells you something evil is going to get something. You know, I uh, discovered an interesting little anecdote about Christine and Michael. I discovered it on uh, on Reddit. I wanted the Natalia Gray subreddit where the people are 
very passionate. Yeah. But there was one person who claimed that they worked for Christine at her daycare. Sure. Uh, because Christine actually did run a daycare out yeah. of her house for many years. Yes. Uh, and this person claimed that... Um, this daycare was also somewhat abusive, and it was very bizarre. This person claimed that Christine's style of childcare is that they would take toddlers, zip them up into like these little sleeping bags, these little cocoons, and put them in high chairs. This person called it baby jail. And basically these kids would just sit there in these little cocoons for hours on end right up until 5 p.m. when the parents would come to pick them up. Then they would unzip the children, let them out, and then the parents would be none the wiser. Yes. Uh, and what she said about Michael, this person who worked at the daycare, is that Michael would basically go up to his room. He'd kind of have his room and he'd only come out every once in a while for to like get some food. He would barely talk to Christine. Anytime he talked to Christine, it would be to complain about something. And then he, they said that he looked very disheveled all the time and that he would just hide from Christine basically all day long. But it makes sense. And it, again, it tracks. I think that he was abused in the scenario, but he has a lot of, uh, he was a part of it. Entirely. God, for yes. sure. He was number two. God, uh, yes. He admits that he saw her beat him. Yes. Three times. Multiple times. Multiple yeah, times. Yeah. And he didn't also, do anything. Also, did he ever have a job? I kept trying to clock that. Like, what was his employment situation? A fun guy. Yeah, I don't think, yeah, I don't think he was ever at any point yeah, held he, down a job. He had a job. I can't remember what it was. Here we go. What did Natalia Grace's firm do for a living based on Michael Barnett's career? This is actually interesting. I think he was a real estate guy. Retail jobs. Okay. Um, he was a team leader role to district manager roles for companies such as Circuit City and T-Mobile. He is absolutely a Circuit City manager. Yes. <laughs> he is. Oh, wow. And we know I how just, good they did. Wow. Yeah. I, I, that just came all the way back. That He is definitely a manager at a retail company. Yeah. Um, he, he works as district director of operations for a financial company in Indiana. So I don't know what that is. Okay. Yeah. He, yeah. He, does, he does staffing and stuff. Um, but yes, I could totally see him. Be a manager. <laughs> Absolutely. From your grave. Hello, Ed Larson and Amber Nelson from the brighter side here to check in with you. See how you're doing. Is your day more disappointing than a gas station sandwich? Are you trying to put one foot in front of the other in a glue factory? Did you try to throw your air fryer in the bathtub, but nothing happened because you were too lazy to plug it in first? Oh. Then the Brighter Side podcast is for you. Oh, yeah. Each week we take nasty, dookie, stupid, dumb, stinky, no good, doo-doo factory, caca-like topics and try to find the brighter side. Hey, Amber, uh, what's the brighter side of waking up chained to a bed in Russia? Um, at least they have free health care. That's right. So start your weekend off right every Friday with The Brighter Side on the last podcast network. You beautiful babies. My sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person. It's Jackie Zabrowski. She shops all year thinking about her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases. I have no idea how she does it. I don't know how she do it. But guess what? She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. 
All right, give the moms in your life an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the Aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do. And the memories keep cycling and I get emotional. And we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy. And that is not sad. That is celebratory. So you should try it. It's honestly a really good product. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code LEFT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. It's a waste. Don't waste hours on apps. Besides appetizers, that's the kind of apps I like. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Did you know that empanada is already Spanish? I didn't. Thanks, Babbel. Did you know that burrito is already Spanish? Wow. I just got to learn all the rest. And eventually, I'm going to be eating downtown Mexico. Thanks, Babbel. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. Circling back to the reaging thing. So they find a doctor uh, that is able to say, is willing to say like, this is, yes, I believe that this is an adult. And so they go to this judge and this is what, so it's a, a judge named Gerald Zor. Ah. Uh, and behold, Zor, <laughs> Judge Zor. Uh, and this judge didn't see Natalia didn't bring Natalia in. He didn't meet anyone. He didn't even meet the Barnetts. They never even stepped in the court. They, the Barnetts didn't take an oath to tell the truth. The Barnetts just submitted a petition 
with this doctor's note saying like this is an adult and the judge said okay and just re-aged her from 18 8 to 22 and if you want to if, if you want to ask the the question to so many things in this fucking case when you ask like how did this happen the answer is always Indiana. Yeah. This yeah. state almost fucking murdered me. It is it is <laughs> really weird, a man. It's bad. It's a ba- as far as the government goes in Indiana, it's fucking god awful. Well, this yeah. is just a, you know, you, obviously there are tons of different people within these governmental systems, people that are better and worse at their jobs. This is just such an example of I I feel like the only way I really put it is it, it feels like some kind of negligent laziness yes where no one really looked into this case this all came about uh i don't really know how they got to change somebody's age without their consent unless they got her to sign the form maybe there's something in there i don't know how that fucking but if works. you're an eight-year-old i don't you, you don't, can't, can't sign paperwork but that's what they did that's yeah. what they did they basically got her to admit somebody they fuck. They just fucked her up. It really they does seem you fucked. could convince a child to say anything. And now, when she's legally an adult, they could do anything they want to her. Yeah, after yes. she's twenty two. I mean, it really does seem like the judge, like the paperwork came across his desk. He read through it. He went, "That's weird." Yeah, crazy. And he just signed it and handed it off. And so all of a sudden, in the with the stroke of a pen, her birth date changed from two thousand and three to 1989. And if that's not magic, I don't know what is. Like, legitimately. Like, this idea of now, we all have collectively agreed that you're a, you're an adult now. Perception. I mean, the, yeah, so now the perception is, like, this person does, like, suddenly, like, this nine-year-old could go in and buy a case of beer. She yeah. Could, yeah she Fucking cool-ass nine-year-old. <laughs> uh, but it's difficult because... Yeah, she it, can vote, you know, it, all yeah. this shit. Like, instantly. So now they don't know what to do with Natalia Grace. So now they got her. They 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 have won in this aspect. This was Christine Barnett won it because they've been trying to get her out. They couldn't figure out a way to do it without them being on the hook. Because so, Christine Barnett did not want things to come back to her for getting rid of this child. Even though, like, it would have been entirely... It, yeah. it would have been utterly understandable. And, and actually, probably more people would have applauded you if you had come out mean like, this is actually past my abilities. I'm going to admit that we want to put her in a place where she can be taken care of and watch over with people who know what they're doing. You would have been a fucking hero. Yeah. She decided that she thought that people would then think that she, I guess, think that she was bad at it. Well, they would think they would... They, she was it speculated that she was afraid that people would think she was a bad person by saying that I can't take care of it because, you know, that she doesn't have what it takes. Uh, and, yeah, it would be a black mark on her record. It would basically be just make her reputation, her her Q score yeah. lower. Lower. Yeah. And then now. So now. But now that they have reaged her, they can kind of do whatever they want. So they move her to an apartment. They literally just drop her off at a place in an extremely bad neighborhood in the state of Indiana where it's like you're just basically watching a child who has to kind of figure it out. And the one thing I'll say about a Natalia disabled Grace, child. Yeah, disabled, a disabled child, child. and now Natalia Grace, I'll say something, man. She fucking bowed up. Yeah. She oh, like, yeah. <laughs> the fact that she figured out how to make it, like literally how to survive well, is crazy. It is. But the first neighborhood wasn't that bad. It's all the, the, bad. The, it's the, not good. It, like, wasn't, it wasn't beautiful. It wasn't beautiful, but it wasn't. The first neighborhood wasn't all that bad. It was like one of those apartment complexes where it's a bunch of like f- uh, single story apartments, you know, maybe like four or five people live in there. And so she's nine years old. She's just 
dropped into an apartment. And so she just starts going to other people's houses and just knocking on doors saying, Hey, can I come in? Can I have food? Can we hang out? Yeah. Like, can I, I need stuff. And yeah. she's, and she's been, and as you said, Eddie, like, you know, a kid will say, do whatever you tell him to do. She's been told over and over and over and over again by Christine, you're 22, you're 22. And Michael as well. Yes. has also been telling her you're 22, you're 22. This so, is how a 22 year old acts. This is what a 22 year old says. This is what you say when you're asked these questions. She coached her. Yeah. She was absolutely coached. Yes. And, and so she starts just walking into people's houses. But it's interesting because now you're legally an adult. So up to this point, she has been kind of accused of doing these kind of like fucked up kid things. Yeah. Accused of f- fucking with the neighbor's kids. Accused of fucking with her, bro- her stepbrothers. Or accused of attacking people at school. And that's one thing when you're a kid. But now you're quote unquote an adult. So everything that you do now has to be looked at like you're an adult. She was playing with a local kid. People came and saw her rolling around the grass with this this other kid. They've been told that all of the people that have met Natalia Grace have been told that that's a 22-year-old woman, that Mm -hmm. it just looks like a little kid. So you watch them, these two kids playing together like in a field. What would you do if a strange 22-year-old person that looked like a kid that wasn't a kid but was like playing kind of, not intimately, but literally like tickling and rolling around with another kid that age? Well, something that would be inappropriate for a 22-year-old person to do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. They said she was unbuckling his pants. Yes. She's doing, because now, again, it's coming from the view of being, oh, we're viewing this as a 22-year-old doing these things. Where it's like, no, it was a fellow nine-year-old that was doing stuff that yeah. was just literally like playing with another child and trying to fuck, having some kind of social network. Well, I mean, not only that, but you know, the unbuckling of the pants, all this points towards the child being sexually abused because she also made... If that's even real. Yeah. If that if that's even real, but I don't know. I mean, she made a lot. She made a lot of sexually inappropriate comments to her neighbors. A lot of sexually inappropriate jokes. Yeah. Uh, she did spend a brief period in a, a, what they called a stress center, which was it was a fucking asylum. Yeah, like, it was the an pictures in, they showed of it. It did not look friendly. Looks terrible. Like yes. Shutter Island. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it bad. Yeah, but it was also said that she was, you know, a approaching sexual inappropriateness with some of the other patients. And then she was taken out of that center because of that. But that's the thing is that that's what, that's the behavior, exactly the behavior that abused kids exhibit. A lot of abused kids exhibit, uh, they call it precocious sexuality. Uh, And it's almost proof that at some point, either before she came to the Barnett's or while she was with the Barnett's, she experience some sort of sexual abuse at some point in her life. Almost certainly. This is frown time. All of this is frowny. Yeah, it's a very, and it's even frownier for the fucking documentary filmmakers to exploit all of that for six episodes. Yes. I have some questions about the insane asylum that just don't add up for me. No, there's as far as the documentary. I, you know, no, there's a lot. They left a lot of gaps. Yeah. They left a lot of gaps. They were in and out of that shit in the first season and then don't mention it in the second. Yeah. Because, like, first of all, all the phone calls from the nurses and shit, uh, none of those people left their name. They're just random phone calls. It could have been literally anybody that they're talking to, and we have to take their word for it, Mm -hmm. that they're actually talking to the nurses that work there. But I know that no nurse from, like, a fucking nursing home would even talk like that. No. No. You know, it's just like, who the fuck are these people? Yeah. 
I, it doesn't. It doesn't add up. No, it do, it doesn't add up at all. It's, so it may even be that all that was bullshit. Who knows? Who knows? This is the yeah. thing in this story because you can't even trust the filmmakers in this fucking thing. Everybody's no. all over the place, and everybody's got a fucking agenda. Natalia Grace is just really just trying to tell her story, but also I think that her memory is kind of jacked up because of all the things that happened to her. I also think that she's been through a fucking lot. I think that there's a and it was traumatized deeply as a kid, and now you've got Michael Barnett, who is a legitimate. I don't know what you'd call him. You know, like he's a, a narcissist. Uh, yeah. And I would not let him fucking watch Wendy or Carmi. <laughs> never mind have adult children. You, you know shouldn't I mean? be allowed to drive. Yeah. He, he <laughs> fucking creeps me out. And then you can Christine Barnett is an actual fucking literal monster. Yeah. Yeah. She found the perfect Patsy, which is Michael. I feel like. And or she developed was able to him. Or yes. Developed him. Yeah. And then abandoned him. Uh, because after she was at the um, apartment for, I think it was a year. Yeah, that she was in gone this, for a while. Yeah, it was a, a quite a long time in this apartment by herself, uh, in a fairly nice neighborhood, you know. And she would go across the street to another to this other family who were like these two nice people that you know were just like she was a problem because she was around all the time, and they thought that this is like oh, this is a twenty-two year old person who has no sense of boundaries whatsoever, and that's what most people thought about her is like oh, this is just a person who has no sense of boundaries, yeah, not yeah. knowing that they're dealing with a nine-year-old who's lonely. Yes, and, and that's really because everyone thought it was quote unquote creepy, and this is where the creepy uh thing yeah. comes from, which is this idea of like, oh, you know, she did all this fucked up stuff. Oh, she's an evil orphan, and it's just like, no, she was just fucking not twenty two. She was <laughs> yeah. a child. They also was fed this stuff that she was an orphan, fed that she was an evil twenty two year old, fed like she was told this. So you get it's it's easy to program a child. Yeah. Not just that. Like I think it's important to remember that. She is in constant agonizing pain. Yeah. You know, yes. and like, and who knows, like, what medication she's on to make her think a certain way. Oh, yeah. You know, like, oh, I don't think she was given any medication. You don't she think was, so? She wasn't taken care of. Like, she wasn't taken care of. They did the absolute They only bare gave minimum. her one surgery, yeah. right? And she of should have she needed dozens, dozens of them. Yeah. Yes. And then, yeah. And then she fucking was sitting there and she couldn't move properly she couldn't walk her she didn't leg, have yeah her she feet were facing out you yeah. know and she still is all fucked up obviously she didn't even have the right but shoes yeah you know to yes. walk around she needed a she walker needs specialty she shoes she specialty yeah. man when they showed the steps she had to go up in order to get into that high school get into the apartment well that's like, the second apartment yes yeah. that was the second the, apartment. the first apartment that she was in after you know her, i think after the lease was up they were like we can't have her around anymore she's made sexually inappropriate comments and also the incident with the, the little boy they're like yeah we we can't have her around anymore she can't live here anymore so what they did is they found another apartment and they found another apartment further away yes like yeah. they took her to the town of lafayette which was like an hour's drive from where christine and michael actually lived and they took her to lafayette and this was in christine's words they said she said it's a white trash town no one's gonna care yeah. like we'll just we can just put her somewhere and no one's gonna give a shit about she her she was literally left there to die she was. i've seen yes. shit like this before you're given no money you're put in the house in the north with no electricity most it is of the to time. kill you no phone they wiped her contact list clean on her phone yes uh, they put her in a bad neighborhood on food stamps to survive a nine-year-old they thought that she was gonna get murdered yeah, yeah. it's truly or starved to death truly yeah. fall down the stairs i think they were counting on falling down the stairs because even in order to get 
get to, to the apartment building. It was like kind of a uh, cracker box, you know, a top on top duplex. Uh, she had to walk up these huge, steep. like steep cement stairs yeah. just to get to the building. And then she had to go to the second floor yeah you know and how's she gonna carry groceries up there i i think they want i think they were counting on her falling down the stairs and dying yeah that's, yes. that's what that's what they were counting on and then they moved to canada well christine barnett moved to canada yeah because they found out michael could not go as well which seemed to be a part of her plan as well her plan was to abandon michael back in or the plan was to keep michael in america to go away leave us without divorcing him I, eventually they did get divorced oh yes they yeah. got divorced um, yes. but yeah she, my, christine and jacob and the other two kids went to canada because jacob had gotten into this special school uh where you know a school for geniuses so on and so forth and that's the other thing too is that this entire time like jacob was being forced to participate in the abuse of Natalia. Oh, yes. he absolutely because, was. I mean, because one of the things we didn't really talk about, because long before she was sent to the apartment, it was two years of intense physical abuse on the part of Christine Barnett, just beating her and enforcing Jacob to do weird shit. Like she would bring in Jacob, who was a, you know, a young, like not necessarily prepubescent, but young teenager, I think, would bring him into Natalia's room, say, pee on her bed. Pee on her bed. She was bad. Pee on her bed. And would make him pee on the bed when he was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do yes. this. Yeah. And then there's, of course, the hot mic moment. In the yeah. middle of the fucking documentary series, they basically have the kid confess to pushing him down the stairs. Or the Michael kind of says something with him. Well, it they are they've just finished an interview. And they go, and Michael and Jacob, the, the kid son, is like next to tears during the entire interview too. The entire yes. interview, yeah, yeah, yeah. He he's haunted yeah. by this, absolutely in his haunted. Horrible little basement, fucking. It's just like it looks like there's mold on the walls. Yeah. Like it is like he's in a horrible situation. It's just like math problems written on whiteboards everywhere. Yeah, it is like a weird living situation. Yeah, yes. he looks like what's his name from Beautiful Mind down there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But he goes upstairs with Michael and the interview is supposedly over, but Jacob still has his microphone on. He's on a they hot mic. They set his ass up, in my opinion. Yeah. And from what it looks like to me, they saw the jinx. Yeah. And they're like, okay, we're going to keep, if I would believe them if they weren't filming him. Yeah. They yes. were so, they were still, because he was up at the top of the stairs with the hot mic. They're like, hold point the camera at the stairs. If the camera wasn't pointed at the stairs and it was just a hot mic situation, I would almost think about maybe giving them a pass. But yes. it's not, they knew what they were doing. They knew that both of them aren't bright. Yeah. Michael and Jacob. I mean, Jacob's a genius. Jacob's a genius, but, but not, not social. Yeah, he's yeah, not, not street, street smart, smart at all. No. You know, and so it's fucking, he, he like realizes at the moment he says it, and he like, you see him, he rips it out of his shirt. He's like distraught. I'm sure the kid's fucking horrified. Yeah, well, I feel well, so bad for him. Well, what he said is that, you know, he's like, well, we said that we weren't going to talk about the thing. And like, oh yeah, the the stairs thing, the push down the stairs. Like, yeah, I'm, I told him I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to talk about that. And he's like, because I don't want to, you know, get a subpoena or anything. Well, you were a minor at the time. Yeah. So and you get, and then Jake goes like, "Oh no, my mic's on. Oh God, oh no." Yeah. Because what I mean, and you can extrapolate from that is that Christine at one point forced Jacob to push Natalia down the stairs. And there's a lot of evidence of Christine Barnett doing this. Yeah. She forced Natalia to go on camera often and confess to crimes, quote unquote, things that she's done. The poisoning, putting the uh, Lysol floor in the coffee. cleaner in the coffee. She made her say that she did it. She did a lot of stuff. She put her on camera because Christine Barnett 
is evil. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah. she like like she for and she did the thing where she she tried to set all this up, which is like because it's wild. It's like truly like it's deception with a club, and she was doing it on purpose. She was interrogating her own adopted child, seems like hourly. Yes. Yeah. You know, like it, it was insane. Yes. Yeah. I and mean, she would get her on camera and say, like, admit that you have periods. Admit that you have periods. Tell me that you have periods, that you have a menstrual, and then eventually go, I have periods. Like it was, it's fucking horrifying yeah, to watch. Yeah, it's horrifying. Uh, but yeah, that's what they would say is like they would, that she would, was menstruating, you know, and she had pubic hair. And that's why that they knew that she was an adult when the whole time they had, uh, they had every knowledge that she would, they would, multiple doctors and dentists prove that she was a child. Yes. So they move her out to this apartment that's uh, essentially a death trap for someone like her. Uh, and after, it seems like, you know, the timeline's a little fuzzy here, but it seems like after a couple of weeks, this other family who lives in the neighborhood, the Mans, yes. uh, notice her and immediately talk to her and immediately say like, oh, this is a kid because the Mans adopt a lot of kids. Yes. They have five kids of their own. Well, I believe they're part of the Quiverful movement. Are they? I believe they what are part this, of it. What a, does that mean? Well, just the idea of uh, they are a Christian group that, uh, man, they love to come. Yeah. It's about <laughs> having as many children as humanly possible. Yeah. It's okay. having arrows in the gut, filling your quiver with arrows. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it's, it's creating those, your own society. Yeah. Creating your own society. It's, it's like one of those like subtly violent things where it's, you know, it, it's saying like we need a Christian army. So breed your own army and have as many children as you possibly can. Gotcha. And so the man's uh, there. Satan should try it. <laughs> he's got enough to deal with <laughs> so their name is Cynthia and Antoine Mans they're an interesting couple and Cynthia does seem like a genuinely caring person she does she does seem like a very a genuine person that she truly loves kids truly yes. cares about kids uh, Antoine I'm not quite so sure about he's I don't a, like him he's, I don't like him either but he's a pastor of some kind Kind. I don't know what denomination. I feel like he made up his own denomination. He sounds. It's interesting because he's present for all of these interviews inside of the uh, the documentary series. I in the I, second season, he's present for all the interviews. Well, not the last one. Not the very last one. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. probably because Michael wouldn't show up without him. I wouldn't show up, motherfucker. I he says one curse word and he starts screaming about God while they're trying to interview him. I mean, that yeah. whole thing was a. It's it all feels very reality television. Once it's it very got to reality. That point. Television. I mean, the second season, you can tell that they are turning the Natalia Gray story into a reality TV show. Yes. Um, and that's where you're like, <laughs> that's what those are trying to get in my world where I'm like, so this is HBO? No. This is what HBO? No, but it's not. Yeah. It's ID, but it's on the HBO fucking app. Ah, no, and it's on like, Max. Max I, is not HBO. Discovery my has ruined HBO. <laughs> I don't need to get into that now. Look at this fucking shit where it's like, <laughs> I am one because I forget. But that really is like, talk about like a, uh, if you want to like, that's a media thing where yeah. you start to watch this stuff. And I was like, I can't fucking believe that HBO would make something like this. And then I have to remember, they're not making something like this. Yeah. ID is making this. Yes. Yeah. And so you That's have to. I was yeah. thrown off by the bleeps. Yeah. Yes. I was like, Me I too. thought I was watching HBO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's the. Uh, I want to see that pubic hair. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like. You know, I didn't realize that it was ID until I think like the second season. Yeah. Like, it wasn't until that, like the whole time I'm thinking it's HBO, which is, you know, kind of fucked up because it lends the whole thing like Gra such gravity. an air of legitimacy. Yeah. 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 Life from your grave. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
says here, I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest. And I guess I can share it here. I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine. And it's an addiction. And it's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins. As soon as I wake up, and a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp! H-E-L-P dot com slash LastPod. Ah, Jules. Oh, Jules. Make a wife smile today. The road to getting engaged can be long and full of memories and pitfalls and landmines. Or it can be short and thrilling, like a roller coaster on the way to the police department. But the road to finding the perfect engagement ring is a straightforward path every time. All you've got to do is head over to BlueNile.com and they're going to ship them rocks straight to your wife's new fingers. On BlueNile.com, you can create a bigger, more brilliant piece than you can imagine. At a price you won't find at a traditional jeweler, Blue Nile is the original online jeweler since 1999. That's present time to me. Their diamond price guarantee means that in most cases, they can meet or beat a competitor's price on a comparable diamond. I know when I got my wife a beautiful Blue Nile necklace, the first thing she did was, what did you do? But afterwards, she was so happy to have it and she loved it and she wore it when we went on vacation and model did everybody come around being like where'd you get that piece you beautiful woman and i was like stop talking to my wife she's spoken for you can see it with the blue nile bling she's got on her right now get 50 dollars off your purchase of 500 or more with code last podcast at blue nile.com that's 50 dollars off with code last podcast at blue nile.com blue nile.com No matter what kind of work you do, how you communicate is key. All those emails, reports, and presentations are equally important to the collaboration needed to get things done. Grammarly can help. Grammarly is your AI writing partner to help you communicate more effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact at work. And isn't that what matters most? Better writing means a stronger impact. Grammarly works across 500,000 apps and websites. You can't escape it. Like the ever-pervasing octopus of malice that is the NSA. Grammarly is watching your every move, making sure that you're doing it right. Data privacy and security are woven into the foundation of Grammarly, into the very essence of its nature. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner, and it helps your team make their point and move faster, because that's the key there. Work smarter, not harder. Yes, Grammarly. You know how many times it saves me from writing a long, rambling, one-sentence email at 4 o'clock in the morning? 
to my beloved employees makes me sound like someone who doesn't just have a BA in theater. All right. I was taught how to be a tree. I was not taught how to survive as an adult. All right. My job was to cry in front of a weird Southern man who just told me all sorts of weird stuff about my body. I didn't learn how to write. So thank you, Grammarly, because you're making me the boss I gotta be to motivate my team to get out there. Oh, man, you don't want to mess with them. Thanks, Grammarly. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Sign up and download for free. Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. So the man's like, take Natalia in. They're like, okay, you're getting out of that fucking apartment. We take you in. And they say that she's lived with him for like 10 years. They say she's a loving, happy person. Yes. No problems. They, you know, they adopt a lot of kids. She's always very good with all the other kids. Like, I mean, yeah, they say that, yeah, she has her problems, but yeah, she was she, an abused child, yeah, a neglected of child. Of course she has fucking problems. Yeah, she's all jacked up. Yeah, yeah. She can't really read. She can't really write. Uh, or she couldn't at the time um, when they found, you know, when they fucking yeah, she saved had her no from the for, Almost no formal education. No, she speaks well. Yeah, she could. Again, she had to. Yeah. 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 She had to. Yeah. She had to figure it out. But at the, I mean, and I not, it's, this isn't necessarily a spoiler, but you know, at the end of season two, you know, you get a, like, and this is just more of the exploitative bullshit. Yes. The end of season two, like they, they end season two with, you know, the, the man to finally adopted Natalia. Even and though she's an adult. Even though she's an adult, which you can do, you yes. know, yeah. you can adopt a, you can adopt adults. Uh, but you know, they, they adopt Natalia and they, they make it out to the, this very beautiful scene. You think this is how it's going to end. And then. There's the twist. Yes. At the very end. There's a little clip of the mans talking about how they're done with Natalia Grace. She would they say she's she's tweaked. I've got I've got the exact quote here is uh they end it, you know, the adoption ends, and then you hear the boom. It's been like two weeks, two weeks, six yeah. months after yeah. the, And then the it end. says, you know, two weeks after filming ended, producers received a call from the Mans. And the call, and they played the call. It was Antoine said, something ain't right with Natalia. This girl is tweaking. I feel like she's the enemy in the house. And she said to us, we have held her hostage, made us look like we're the enemy. She's done other things too, but this was a new low. Natalia does not have emotions for nothing but herself. We're done we're done with her. My feeling is the nature of it is the nature of the call is fairly staged. Very performative. It's very performative. And I think we are watching and obviously feeding into it a little bit, just being in our interest. Yeah. Watching it. It's talking. It's this is creating a third season of a reality television show. I have no idea how far Natalia Grace is involved with this. We know that she is she's profiting off the show, which she, as she should. Yeah. Right. Does she make like, money. Yeah. Yeah. They're paying her money. Michael, does he make money? Uh, I ho- I imagine they're not paying him anything, or they might. He might have a day rate. But I bet they pay him. They have to pay him, yeah. right? Yeah, I, bet I kept they pay trying him. to find. I kept looking up. Like, are these people getting paid? I couldn't find shit. Yeah. It, I I know that she's getting paid because now I guess the man's a part of what that was referring to. The statement is about they felt that the money from the show wasn't split with them. Whatever. Where, where did you I don't find know. that out? Like another forum again. It's okay, like yeah. another so, yeah, just let's, let's reading make on sure, reading. Like that's a forum. That's probably speculation. Yes, yeah. it's all yeah. speculation. That's the other thing. Like every article I found was like by the Sun or the Daily Mail and it's like none of this is credible. Well no. this is what's hard is that like this is why a lot 
lot of times we cover stories that have been through like nine other vetting processes so that when we get to it, we add the dubious. You know what I mean? <laughs> we add the dubious. We add all this stuff. Yeah. We're like stuff like this is it's so hard because number one, it's very emotional. Yeah. It's extremely emotional. People get tied up. We talk about the passion behind this. And two, it's like we don't really know what happened at the very center of the story. The things that we do know is the fact that she was a little girl when she was adopted and should have been treated as such. That is like yes. the heart of this entire story is that none of this would have been ha none of this would have happened if she was just treated like a child instead of having somebody do truly one of the you could have left her at a fire station and it would have been less yeah. fucking devious than what Christine Barnett mm -hmm. did. You know, and like even if she was even if like Natalia was a little evil or whatever, as like an eight year old, it's an eight year old. It's an eight year olds do fucking evil shit sometimes, and then they grow up and they wish they never did it. She yeah. came you in how to survive a Ukrainian orphanage where they scared them to she sleep might every night. <laughs> they she are, might, she like, might be <laughs> upset. Yeah. She can barely walk. She's in constant pain. She is in, in surgery after surgery. She her hands don't work. Yeah, that was the other thing too. You know what showed me? Natalie fucking clued me. You were watching it last night. And and you were like, they say all the stuff about her hurting people. And, and like holding, holding knives. knives. And there's the whole stuff. story of like her trying to pull Christine into an electric fence. That yeah. was the most ridiculous, <laughs> so stupid, stupid fucking part of the goddamn show. Pushing the kids in. And then cuts to innocuous, but interesting. Michael, this fucking guy. What a piece of work. He tries to go into a LeBron James-like handshake chain with oh my God. Natalia. Do you remember this? Where he tries to like show her the snap. Well, he does that. He like you know he's just like he's like no no you have to do it like this and he goes like you know like slap you got to click you know you snap your fingers and shit. She can't even fucking do it. No, of course she can't not. Do it. And you're like, all right, she doesn't have the hand strength. Well, she says it herself. To touch his hands. I know, but then, <laughs> but partially you're like. There's that thing that the, the beginning of the documentary series put the little seed in being like, oh, is she maybe, is she kind of evil? Even if she, you know, but then you're like, no, she literally, could, she couldn't do it. I just watched her not be able to do it. And she definitely can't do anything of physical force using her hands. You watched her do that as a 22 year old. Yes. And they're yeah. saying that all of this happened when she was nine. Yes. You know, it's like, I mean, when they talk about, you know, her showing up into their room with a knife. You know how you fix that? A fucking baby gate. Well, she's like have, a, she yeah, was like a child lock. She's like two feet tall. There's even that way, at that point, like a foot and a half, two feet tall. Like, and she says that herself. She, yeah. She's like, look at me. She's like, what? like, why are you? You're afraid of me? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? They also said that they they talked about that that they did diagnose her with reactive attachment disorder, which was it's like this concept of you come from a place of no trust. You're an orphan. It happens a lot with orphans. Uh, according to this, it's a reactive detachment disorder develops because a child's basic needs for comfort and affection and nurturing weren't met. And like what that means is that like they sometimes act in fucked up ways and yeah. they do fucked up things. And one of those where it's like, I actually think is possible in a way of like, they kind of floated. She just kind of would hide knives places mm -hmm. out of a feeling of not being safe. Maybe. That's what I believe. That a feeling of not being safe. Yeah. You're doing something. You're hiding stuff just for the sake of protecting yourself. Well, how or the, the mom hit him, and just so the dad would find him, and she would be able to Absolutely. manipulate him. They yeah. also talk about how adopted kids sometimes, you know, hide food. Yeah, that kind yeah. of thing. Well, I mean, as far as her being, um, you know, uh, the neglect goes, and how badly that can really affect somebody. Uh, Ed, I know I've talked to Henry about this, but have you ever heard about the wire monkey? 
no. story. There was a, a study that was done many years ago when they were still very cruel to animals where uh, they took a baby monkey they, or a few baby monkeys and they had two mama monkeys that they basically crafted. One mama monkey was very soft, made from like a very plushy substance, uh, but you would not, the monkey would not get food if they went to mama to soft monkey. The other mama monkey was made of wire. Yeah, it and was it was cold. And but that monkey, you'd get food if you were the baby monkey and you went to the wire monkey. Inevitably, every time, invariably, the monkey would go for the soft monkey. They yes. would go for the soft because the comfort, comfort the comfort to them, to the baby monkey, was more important than the food. And wow. so it showed, and so they were able to kind of extrapolate from that, like, you know, you know, that comfort, as far as primates go, like, that is essential to our... Our, our developmental our process. Develop. That it, is nurture over nature. You yes. must have, well, the idea you must of... Have con- you must have comfort. You must be loved. You must be held. Babies must be held. Yeah. Yeah. Babies must skin be held. Skin. You have to have. That has to happen. Because yeah. it, what it does is it destroys... If you don't have it, it destroys an essential social adaptive nature. Like you're supposed, it's just how it is. It fucks you up. And so uh, they said right here, it is a common problem for kids that were, uh, uh, this is from Romanian orphanages, but it said it was a common problem from kids that were from a lot of Eastern European places. I don't know why. Why are they bad to orphans? Is there just a thing that they just are not into it? I feel like there's got to be. There's got to be at least one good Ukrainian orphanage, right? I guess so, but there's got to be good ones. There's got to be one I mean, good right. Russian orphanage, right? The Maybe job don't pay shit. I'll tell you that right now. So you're kind of getting who you get, you know. And then it's like the really good people get, yeah, they run a really good orphanage, but there's still a lot of extra kids, yeah, especially and, in places that are like war torn and going through constant civil war, like the Ukraine. Well, I mean, I when I was in a high school, uh, I participated in CX debate, and what's funny is that I can't remember the subject at all. Uh, but I remember one of our like one of the things that we argued for was like you know Russian adoption, uh, and we had this whole we went through this whole thing. This is like 1999. This is real sad. <laughs> I'm, I'm, this- I'm reading about Russian orphanages right now. And it ain't, well, oh man, Muppet Babies shouldn't be there, man. <laughs> this is not good. But we went to, but our whole point was that Russian orphanages are absolutely fucking awful. Eastern European, like former Soviet bloc uh, orphanages are absolutely just, I mean, places of, of torture and despair. Yeah. Uh, which that's a place, that's where Natalia Grace was coming from. But things about all this is that it all begs the question, why do we know about this? Like, why do we know that all this happened? And that's because in September of 2019, Michael and Christine were charged with multiple counts of neglecting a dependent for leaving Natalia in the apartment. Someone noticed. And so they were charged with eight crimes, like neglect of a dependent, neglect of a dependent causing bodily injury. Uh, but at the end of the day, the judge, again, the judge in this case did not allow the re-aging to be brought into evidence. They were not, the prosecution was not allowed in any way whatsoever to talk about the fact that this was a nine-year-old that they dropped off. They just talked about this. So the entire trial, Michael's trial, Michael was first, Christine was second. They tried them separately. Uh, The entire trial, the prosecution had to go only on the fact that this was a 22-year-old. And I think the jury took an hour, maybe two, to come back with a verdict 
of not guilty for Michael. Just based on like, well, it's a 22-year-old. What are you going to do? What are you going to do about yeah, it? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And these fucking judges stick up for each other. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's what I think. That's where I take from this. It's like, it's... oh, we don't want to be shown as, like, weak-minded and make mistakes. Well, and so they're going to fucking stick up for this other judge. That's I, a good point. I think that's a great point. I think that that is that is a massive issue. I think that they, they're like, this president has been set. And if we undo this, how many other people are going to come to undo this? Pro- because it's understanding that we would have to do, like, like, how do you put it? That means that someone's like truly fucking with the, not the, I guess the trust the court puts on you to not lie to us about re-aging your child. But I also like how many people, I'm going to look this up. How many people a year are re-aged? Like how often does that happen? It doesn't seem like it's, a, I mean, I think it happens in adoption cases with Eastern European kids because oftentimes the age is wrong, but usually yeah. it's like a year Two years, three years. Yeah. It's not fucking 12. Yeah. And to go back on the judge thing, not to get too political or whatever, but we know that it's either if it's a state case, then either the Penn's probably <laughs> appointed this judge because it's Indiana. Interesting. And if it's a federal case, Trump probably appointed this judge. Uh, well, I think 2019. I think these are probably elected judges. You think um, so? I mean, I actually I don't exactly know how Indiana it like works because yeah. a lot of judges are elected. And I don't know if you know this, but in I know at least in Texas, like you don't have to have a law degree to be elected to judge. Whoa. (laughs) You can like, and like, that's like, I'm a judge now. Like county judges, you know, like shit like that. Like you don't have to have a law degree. You just have to say like, Hey, I want to be a judge. And everyone goes like, yeah, I think he'd be pretty good at that. Yeah. I like him. Yeah. I like him. And so all of a sudden you've got this guy in there that has very little knowledge of the law, but he's there and he's making uh, decisions that affect people's lives. But I think it has, what it probably has more to do is just, you know, this judge doesn't want to fuck with another judge. Uh, that's yeah. it. Like another judge, like he saw the judge is like, I can't really like maybe the, he probably fucking knew the guy. Yeah. You know, he's like doesn't want to fuck with his job, doesn't want to fuck with a guy and just fucking lets it go uh, and doesn't allow the reaging to be entered. So Michael gets off scot free. And then after Michael gets off, the prosecution looked at Christine's case and decided we can't win this shit. It's a waste yes. of time. And the prosecutors aren't going to try a case unless they are 99% sure that they're going to win. They're yeah. not going to go forward with it. Yes, and because to lose something like that would be a massive public loss. Two in a row? Yeah. Yeah, to lose two in a row and and to also like spend the time, spend the money, all of that to try this person. And so they just dismissed the charges against Christina a little less than a year ago in March of 2023. And so she can't be tried again now, right? No, she can be. Uh, I think civilly. Probably. I think they're going to go for the civil award because she, the state of the state of that of limitations for neglect of a dis I believe a disabled person had passed. That was a, one of the other reasons why they couldn't get Michael on those charges. Yeah, but I think uh, if I know if you are tried for a crime and found not guilty, you can't be tried again. But if charges are dismissed against you, I think you can be. I think the charges can be brought back okay. like if there's new evidence. I'm pretty sure. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. But they're not. You know, they're, it's not like they're just not going to go for it. They're not going to go after it. I, I think as far as the state of Indiana is concerned, this case is behind them. I don't think they fucking care. But there's so much footage of her just abusing this child. We saw it in the documentary. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's no, but that's the thing. There's only footage of her telling 
But there's footage of her emotionally abusing her. There's, I mean, but I mean, there's no, there's no physically abusing. I mean, the wall thing is insane. But there's no, but there's no video evidence of that, and the, that it lasted as long as they said it did. Yeah, and yeah, there's no, you don't know, and that's, and it could also be argued that's just a, you know, that that's a punishment that uh, a parent is allowed to. I mean, hell, there's a lot of people that will defend beating your kids, you know, like still like you should, we should bring spankings back, you know, like there's plenty of, especially like Indiana, like I know all our people in Indiana. I love, we got ya. good people. We got in really Indiana. good people in Indiana, but God damn, that state's awful. It's just got I a mean, lot of problems. Got, it just need a lot got, of help. It's got have, a lot of problems. I personally have people going through some crazy problems with the adoption process in Indiana. Yes. Yeah. That's as far as I can talk about that. But like, I know firsthand, there is some crazy problems with the adoption processes in India. Yeah. It is very interesting. I'm also looking more into re-aging. But, like, I guess it does happen fairly often in international adoptions because they believe if you shave a couple yeah. of years off a child, it makes it more attractive. Yeah. Albert Pujols. Um, yes. Who? Albert Pujols, the great home run hitter. Uh, he came from the Dominican <laughs> Republic and like he came in and they were like, he was like, oh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm 16, I'm 18. Yeah, know? of course. <laughs> but he was like, clearly 20 something. That's what, <laughs> that's what uh, Larry so he, Fishburne did to get an apocalypse now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was, yeah, he was Kunis. Si yep. Yeah, exactly. So sometimes re aging is good. <laughs> That's what we've learned. But where we are with this case now is like I, I don't believe that Michael or Christine. Well, I mean, I mean, Christine, her reputation is fucking ruined yeah, like, yeah I mean, that's over her life is over like that you know like over. i mean she is forever christine barnett the woman who you know tortured and re-aged uh, a little person and never for years. gave fucking jacob a dollar for the book nothing yeah that sucks too yeah. that poor kid i feel so bad yeah. for him too i feel bad i mean he seems to be like the only genuine dude in this whole thing like he seems like he's really trying hard to be a good person and yeah. i just i hope natalia can find some peace i hope that she gets i mean i hope she gets paid uh there's gonna be season three of this show obviously and so we're gonna end up watching that at some point and uh you might notice so this was like this is a relaxed fit yeah so this was a lighter episode we're talking about some stuff kind of but i want you to know we got two absolutely thick-ass series huge oh, yeah. coming. coming up yes can you, oh can you give any hints well one is we got true crime okay big old big old true crime story and then we are doing uh a really fun trip into stuff that this is a part of your education. Thank you. Eddie, we're going to teach you about what's really going on. Uh, more alien shit. No, it is not more alien <laughs> stuff. It's the truth. No, it's, it's, there's some alien stuff, but it's what's really going on under the surface. Yeah, buddy. What under, goes on? Yeah. Who's making the decisions that affect us all? And I'll say sometimes there are people that need to sleep on a rock with a sun lamp. <laughs> Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Now you're yes. speaking my language. Very yeah. big, very big series. But yeah, so, you yeah. know, it, you, you know, like we're just doing, we're doing a run up to some yeah. really big thick stuff before we do our big histories. Because we got two big series and we got a big history series this summer that we're going to do. I'm very yeah. excited for it. And the true crime series, what I'll say is that it's a, uh, it is a modern story that has, that of the last 10 years uh, that has, roots in the past, or I would say the motivation of the perpetrator has his motivations far in the past. Okay. Perhaps a war between 
two religions. Ooh, mm. I hate religion. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to like this. You're going to like yeah. this. Oh, the Let's nuns just... are number one now, by the way. Did you hear that? The nuns are number one? Yeah, the number one uh, religion in America is uh, none. Well, yeah, no zero. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, none. Yeah, we did it. No religion. I thought you meant like. None as an N U N. Yeah, I thought you meant like nuns. Well, I won't. No, no, they're out. Yeah, they're out there. They're way out. They're out there. Have you ever seen a young nun? I have. My whole life, I've never seen one young nun. Uh, you know, I've never seen a young nun. No, I never have either. We are going to see the end of nunnery. It's very possible. <laughs> yeah, we'll still have priests for a while, but yeah, we'll definitely see the end of nuns. Yes. Fuckers, man. Yeah. The, uh, let the nuns be priests. That's the whole problem. You know, man, you know what? That should keep them out. No, just let them fuck. Just let everyone let fuck. Let everybody that's fuck. That's the problem. That that, that's, the big, pro- that's the big problem. That's the big problem. help out a lot. Yeah, let the nuns be priests, but first let them fuck. Yeah, can't yeah. everyone, they let them scissor. Let, they, let priests suck dick. Yeah. Do you know how many problems would be fixed if priests could just suck dick? They do probably. <laughs> you don't dick. think that the Legal Virgin dick. Mary, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah you don't think yeah. a Virgin Mary didn't suck dick? Yeah, that's, how do you think she got the name? <laughs> yeah, buddy. Yeah, yeah because yeah. she kept the holes empty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't know how I have uh, so They never <laughs> said anything about virgin teeth. I was sitting in the house. The, you know, the guy, Angel, came to the windows. So I have a baby. Well, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, was the, uh, Gabe? Yeah. Gabe. That Gabe. Was his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hungry, let's make some food. Let's make it. That guy shoots crazy ropes. Um, what a sad episode. <laughs> So next week we got one that we're doing a last little special. And then once we're back, so two weeks from now, we're going to be having a big, big, big series. So you'll see. Yeah. All right. All right, yeah. fuckers. Very big indeed. But yeah, uh, don't forget to uh, check out all our shows, all of our live streams at twitch.tv slash LPN TV. Uh, all you out there who are Patreon subscribers, we got some really cool shit coming up. We're going to be adding some stuff to our Patreon here yes. Uh, yes. very soon, here within the next month. So if you're not a Patreon subscriber right now, you can go to patreon.com slash last podcast on the left and check out to see uh, what all you get uh, for uh, becoming a Patreon subscriber. And also know that there's going to be some uh, extra shit in the future especially for those of you who enjoy watching last stream on the left we have a lot of stuff coming down the pipe we have a lot of changes and uh we've been kind of working behind the scenes a little bit but you're going to be so i think the word is overwhelmed <laughs> with content <laughs> yeah very soon you're gonna you're gonna cry yourself to sleep yeah and if you want to watch us do the podcast you can check that on the patreon as well yeah, yeah. it's in there Last stream on the left, or go to our YouTube page. They're always po- last stream on the left is posted two days after it airs on Patreon, so you can go check it out early on Patreon and watch it live and interact with us uh, as it happens every Tuesday at six p.m. PST. Yep. Uh, or you can watch it for free on YouTube two days later. So why don't you just go ahead and take yourself out of that shit? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hail Satan! Oh yeah, Gene. Hail Jacob. Yeah, yeah. I, like work. Jacob. I like I like Jacob Natalia. Really I feel like, like also Natalia's cool, but you know, it's a little difficult. It's hard. Jacob is a pure soul. <laughs> I feel so much for Jacob. <laughs> I really do. I feel a lot for Jacob. But yeah, yeah. And I also feel for Natalia too. So yeah, it's, it's like yes. I feel she I, is an abused child. There's no question about it. Yeah, yeah. She's doing her best. That's what I'll say about Natalia. She's doing her best and, and good honor for for doing the best she can with the horrible 
fucking hand that she was dealt in life and Jacob too. Yes. Uh, but everyone else, like, I don't know. I got no good feelings for anyone else. I don't know nothing about the other kids. Yeah, yeah they they purposely stay out of it as they should have. Except for Cynthia Manns. I got a good feeling for Cynthia Manns. I like Cynthia I, Manns. I think Cynthia Manns is a genuinely good person who truly cares about kids. Antoine Manns, I don't know about that guy. Yeah, he's manipulative. I, I don't know about that guy at all. Yeah, I don't know about him. All right. Bye. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. If someone were afraid of the dentist, maybe they haven't been in a long time, maybe they're embarrassed because they haven't been in a while, I feel like this would be a really safe place for them to go and get the care that they need. At Advanced Dentistry, we get it. If you've been avoiding the dentist because of fear, worry, or just not wanting to be judged, if you want to learn how IV sedation can change your life, visit nofeardentist.com.